when you look at actual leads, leads have love languages, meaning the way they want to communicate. Okay. And some of them want to communicate through text. Some want to do it through email. Some want to do it through a phone. Some want to do it through social DM and some want to do it through video. Okay. And it's our job not to determine which one we like, but which one do they like? Yeah. Because that's how you're going to get a hold of them. From Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. Josh here. Josh here. Luke, Luke there. <laughs> Dude, today we're going to get into our, one of our most asked about topics, which is lead yes. generation. And we're going to introduce our guest in just a second, which is super exciting. I know you're excited to have yes, this I guest am. on today. I'm excited to have him on. I know our listeners will as well once we introduce him. But first, before we do that, I just want to uh, let everybody know a great way to help out the show is to leave a review on iTunes. Head on over there, leave a comment as we are climbing the marketing charts. We're still trying to hit that number one spot. This year, we have we're a couple months left. You guys. So leave your comments there. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can get all the videos there as well. We are uh, youtube.com slash reminder media. But our guest today, his name is Jared James. He is a sought after keynote speaker and trainer who has earned a reputation among many as the why guy due to his understanding of why people do what they do and how to get them to change their behavior. And when you, you start to figure that out, you start to control the world, baby. His combination <laughs> of enthusiasm, charisma, empathy, and drive have allowed him to build one of the largest coaching and training programs in North America, as well as one of the most innovative and fastest growing marketing and software companies in the tech space, all while being recognized as one of the most influential people in the real estate industry today. Jared, welcome to Stay Paid. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm excited about this. It's not very often that I, I talk to two younger guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, you. what are you we talking about? appreciate that. that. <laughs> yeah, our space is filled with people. I got to talk a little bit louder. So this is, uh, this is, this is exciting. Yeah, the, That's awesome. Jarrett, man, super excited to have you on. You were one of the guests. We always get together kind of as a group here. And we're like, hey, who do we want on the show? You were one of the guests that I wanted on the show. So I'm super happy to have you on. You know, yeah. if you could take a second and... Just introduce yourself to the audience. We just talked a little bit before the podcast how, man, you're a business guy. You're an entrepreneur. You have multiple companies. Just share kind of with our audience kind of what you do, the businesses you've started, what's led you to where you're at today. Sure, man. Um, you know, my, my story is like you hear with so many people, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't grow up with a lot. I didn't, I didn't grow up uh, with a lot of models as far as like, you know, how money works or how business works or you know, anything like that. I, I was just somebody who, as a kid, you know, I think that entrepreneurial people, there's just something inside of them that you just can't let go of. Right. I, I look at it like being like a superhero or an X-Men or something, um, X-Men or something. You just know you're different. You know, it doesn't matter where you were born into. It doesn't matter what your parents are good at. It doesn't matter. You just know that there's something different about you, but there's not a, you know, there's not a house where Dr. X or whatever his name is can kind of take you in and show you the way. Uh, it's Professor X. <laughs> we got a yeah, nerd yeah. over here, Jarrett. He's a nerd. No. <laughs> yeah, well, my son would be right with you, but I, I honestly, I'm using examples of, of like movies I've never even watched. But it's, it's just the truth. Though. It's all right, like, man. I'm here for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, believe me, my, if my son watches this, he's going to, he's going to yell at me, but um, you get the point regardless, right? It's, it's the idea that I always knew that, that, um, I didn't fit into, you know, the box that the world gives you with, you know, nine to five and, you know, 
uh, be average and get a 2% raise every year. And, you know, that kind of a thing that that's just, that's never been my mentality. So uh, long story short, I, you know, I'll skip a lot of details, but um, when I got into the working world, uh, I eventually took a risk. I got into real estate and uh, by the age of 26, I was one of the top agents in the country, um, won all sorts of awards. And, you know, people started asking me to come and speak at events. And, you know, I didn't even know what that was. I didn't, I didn't know that this was something people got paid to do. Um, you know, I remember the last time or the first time somebody asked me, what would I charge to come to their event somewhere in the country? I remember thinking, my God, I just hung out at a picnic for eight hours for free with a bunch of people. Like <laughs> I have no idea, you know? And, um, you know, that starts happening and it starts growing. And eventually I made the decision to, to leave, um, my real estate practice and go into something that I thought I could have more of an impact in, which was the, you know, the speaking and the coaching and the training. But you know, the truth is I didn't have a, a coaching or speak, you know, I didn't have a coaching program. I didn't have any of these things, you know, and uh, like any good entrepreneur, you figure it out. And so I built a, uh, a coaching and speaking company. I now, I now speak for, uh, and I'm pretty much the main trainer for most of the large, you know, real estate companies, you know, in the world. Um, and so we built that program up. We now have the third largest coaching and training company in North America. We will be number one, but the top two have a 25 year jump on me. <laughs> um, and, and then through that, just the entrepreneurial nature in me, I, I, I realized that we were teaching people strategies and marketing and all this kind of stuff that they just weren't going to grasp or just didn't have time to do. And so early on, I started at that point, a marketing department within my company. And instead of filtering people off these other companies, we kept them in house. Um, and then eventually I started realizing we were sending thousands of people off to a different CRM. And I went, crazily at the time. Well, we could do that. <laughs> and, and after years of, of building and millions of dollars in investment, we built our own CRM, our own software. And so we took that department and we turned it into a separate company called Jarja Media, um, where we now, in addition to with Jared James, do coaching and training and speaking and all that, we now have a marketing company too, where um, we do people's CRM software, we do their marketing for them. Uh, we do their social for them. We launched last year transaction coordination for for agents wow. and are absolutely killing it. It's like the best department I ever started. Uh, we can't hire people quick enough, you wow. know. And and that that just came from you know. Look, I, I had this visibility. I'm a big believer that visibility trumps ability. Mm. Um, so when you talk about right. lead creation and all that kind of stuff, visibility is what really matters. The best don't always win. It's the one who are visible. It's the one who are an option, right? It's the ones who get said no to more than anyone else. Um, I like to tell agents that your goal is to be the most rejected person in the area. If you can do that, then you'll win. And, um, and anyway, so just started looking at these opportunities, built this other company out and now growing both of those companies side by side. Um, and quite frankly, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, uh, you know, I get bad news every day. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's an entrepreneur, man. You're a full-time loser. You lose all the time. I mean, it's not, it's not what everybody says it is. It's not, you know, some great, you know, whatever it is in the end, if you, if you love it. But, you know, my son asked me last year, he's like, dad, what's it like being an entrepreneur? And he's expecting me to say, well, you pick out what color Lamborghini you want. And, you know, <laughs> but I said, I said, man, I get hit in the face 38 times a day and three times, you know, three times a day, good things happen. And I say, you know, I hope the three outweigh the 38, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, an entrepreneur though, wouldn't have it any other way, you know, that's, that's, 
just, that's just how it is. That's so, so powerful, uh, man. Uh, there's it. so many golden nuggets in there. My brother, I was talking, he's a real estate agent. He's been in the business for about three and a half years now. And he was uh, telling me even last night, he said, man, the journey that I'm on, you just have to be comfortable in the dysfunction is what he was describing yeah. it as. It's the same type of idea, that being punched in the face. It's like the dysfunction. And he goes, he hired, this is his story. He goes, I hired a couple of their agents or recruited a couple of their agents to be on his team. And he said, I was, I'm going to tell them today. I'll have to ask him how it went. He goes, I'm going to tell them, I bet you guys are thinking, you know, wow, like, I thought the Acre brothers, that it was going to be like something magical. Like there was a magic system and everything that you had. And you're showed up to my team and you're probably looking like, wait, this is just as dysfunctional as my yeah. last place. And he goes, because the difference isn't necessarily the dysfunction. The difference is that we're able to, you're, we're able to keep taking action through it and keep evolving and pivoting through it. And I think it's so spot on, dude. It's just how many punches you can take in the face. That's, that's it, man. You're, you're a full time. When you're an entrepreneur, man, you're a full time loser. Like that's just it. You lose more than anyone, you know. But but you're okay with that. You know, it's funny, man. Like to be to be to truly be an entrepreneur. You know, I've been I've been telling people this a lot lately. Like um, I told an audience the other day. Like at some point, especially with everything we just went, we went through and continue to go through. Like at some point, you have to decide whether you're somebody who likes reading Instagram quotes or if you're ever going to live them you know? And, and it's, it's, it's so true right now. Like you see all these quotes and they're like, the only W's and L's that matter are you win and you learn, you know, there is no losing. It's just win and learn, you know, whatever. And the truth of the matter is, is that, that that's an accurate quote. Like it actually is it's cornball. It's, you know, whatever. But like when you're actually in the game, when you're actually in the fight, like that's reality. So it's very easy to take that and put it up on Instagram, you know, and be like, oh, the only W's and L's that matter are whatever. It's a completely different thing when you live it, right? It's like the difference between, you know, we put up historical pictures of people over time, whether they're, whether it's the last supper or, you know, whether it's, uh, um, you know, King, whoever, you know, whatever. But imagine if they came back today and looked at it, it would be an actual memory for them. It wouldn't be like mm. some art in a home. It would be like, oh my God, remember Nancy who was sitting there? And like, <laughs> it would bring back memory lane, right? Yeah. Like, that's how I feel when I read quotes. Um, I, I think sometimes put them up, people put them up like art where where they look at them and, and it's like, oh, that's powerful. That's, you know, um, I'm different than everybody because I like that quote. And I don't know, man, like I look at quotes almost like, um, like a historical figure would look at their picture on the wall. Mm. Like I feel it, you know, like I, I, like I feel it. Happened. And I, I remember when that happened. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what I mean? It's like, I feel it and I live it all the time. And so it's, um, it's really to me, you know, I tell it to audiences all the time. It's the biggest difference between me and so many, you know, quote unquote keynote speakers out there is that some people, and no offense to them, because by the way, if that's what you want your life to be, then go for it. But like, you know, they just go from city to city and from country to country, and they deliver these, these keynote speeches with great messages, and they're great at doing it. You know, but what really separates me is that in between those speeches, um, I'm actually building businesses. You know, like I'm actually, you know, dealing with hiring and firing people and systems within a business and profit and loss and you know, balance statements and, you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, marketing and lead creation and converting people and, you know, all of this kind of stuff, like I'm actually doing it every day. You know, the, the life of an entrepreneur is much more MMA than it is Floyd Mayweather. 
you know, uh, <laughs> that's a great analogy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Floyd Mayweather, maybe 50 and oh, or whatever. Like there is no Floyd Mayweather of, of running companies, you yep. know, like the champion entrepreneurs is 22 and 12, mm. you know, like they're, they're one move away from getting arm locked or arm, arm barred or whatever. Like it's, it's just like, you know, that's almost how you, well, have how to do look you, how do you fight through that? Like, I'm just curious because I, I totally agree with you, man. I think it's like, I think this is where a lot of people, you know, they, you know, everybody knows the failure rates. We don't have to talk about them. Everybody knows in every industry, they're so high. Like, how have you yeah. found the motivation to really persevere? What other option is there? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know how people struggle with motivation. I'm going to be honest. And, sure. and I'm a guy that, and I'm a guy that motivates people. Like, you know, like I get, you know, I don't, I hate the term motivational speaker. Um, and yet it's what I get, it's what I get, uh, labeled as so often, which it doesn't bother me. I shouldn't say that it doesn't bother me because I get what they mean. Like we need to label people. We need to like understand who they are in our heads. Um, and I know that part of what I do is that I do motivate people just unintentionally, just because of, you know, they, they draw inspiration or they, energy. you know, yeah, whatever right. it is, but man, I'll be honest, I'm never someone who suffered from motivation. And, and I don't mean that in a way where, I jump up every day and I'm like, you know, let's go win the day. You know, that's, that's not what I'm talking about on, on any level. Um, for me, it's just, there's no other option. Like the moment, the moment that I made a decision to live this life, what's the other option? Failure. Mm. You know, my family gets kicked out of their home because the business didn't do well. The, uh, you know, like what, what's the option? It, it's not even, I don't know if I would label it motivation. It's just like, this is how I'm built. Like if you, if you drop a stake on the ground, you can't get mad when the dog goes after it, you know, <laughs> because it's a freaking dog, you know, like that's what a dog is built to do. In their nature. So when, when, when you look at someone like me and they say, well, how do you stay motivated through? How do you persevere? I'm like, how don't you? Like they drop the stake on the ground. I'm a dog. Like I'm an entrepreneur. Like that's, it's just how I'm built. If that makes any kind of sense. Totally. There's no, I don't even understand how there's any other option, you know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I get it. It's what's so interesting is I think people find solace in their misery a lot of times. And I think it's like people just, when they're miserable, they just, they make that misery the purpose of their life. And they're just like, yeah, I couldn't do this because of this. I couldn't do this because of this. And it's just like, you're no better off. Yeah, you're no better yeah. off. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, man. It's victim. It's victimhood. It's, uh, look, if I'm a victim, it means it's somebody else's fault. You know, it's not my fault. It's that that thing didn't work. It's that look at everybody else. They're not doing well either. That, like the problem with victimhood is that you always lose. You know, mm. if you play that game out, you always lose. And so, yeah, you might have an excuse for losing, but you never win. Yeah. You're you know? still lost. Like you already built it in. What's yeah. that? No, I said, you're still lost. I, you see it all the time with people going, I didn't get that. You know, I wasn't positioned as well as this person. This person had a, you know, rich person in their family or this, person. it's like, it doesn't matter. Even if you're right, Dude, especially it doesn't by the way, matter. by the way, especially today, you know, we live in a world of, um, and I, this, I don't mean this politically. I just mean like in general, the world we live in, like we live in a world of like identity politics and all this stuff. And we just label everybody. And as much as we say to like, you know, give everybody a fair shot and everybody's equal and everybody's whatever, the truth is we look at everyone and we, we make these snap judgments, right? And so I think for a lot of people, like for myself, for example, I think a lot of people look at me and they're like, oh, white male, you know, whatever. He must just have all the advantages. He probably grew up, you know, where it was handed to him or, or you know, it was modeled for him or it was, 
you know, whatever. And it, that's just utter bull crap. Like I, bro- I grew up in a broken home. I met my father when I was 12 years old. Mm. We were on welfare. Both my brothers and my mother never graduated high school, let alone college. Uh, you know, I lived in six different states growing up, mm. uh, you know, just like wandering around and not being able to settle in any place. Um, you know, like, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. And so, you know, my, my point is, is I think one of the reasons why I relate to people so well is because I, in almost like a chameleon way, I can relate to so many different people. You know, it's, it's like, don't look at me and, you know, today I'm dressed in gym clothes or whatever, but I'm on stage. Don't look at me and go, oh, clean cut. He must be, you know, whatever. Um, please, man, I've seen it. I've been through it. Uh, I always know what it's like. And it's probably why I don't need motivation. You know, it's because I know what the alternative is. You know, I know what it's like to watch your mother crying in the corner because she, you know, didn't get a job because she was overqualified and now she can't pay the rent and we're going to get kicked out of the house. Mm. You know, like I know what that feels like. I know what that looks like. So, so for me, we talk about motivation and we talk about these things. Like I always know how close that is. I always know how around, how that's possible for anyone, right? it's probably why I don't need drive is because it's just built into me like that chip at some age, you know, there's some that's probably just, you know, built in from the perspective of just who I am. But, but also when you live through those kinds of life experiences and you see those kinds of things, you know, you just, there's these little, these little uh, triggers that go off and you go, can't happen. Right. Never, never me. That won't be me. That won't be, you know, that, that, that won't happen. Right. And that probably has a lot to do with it too, you know? Um, But back to that whole victimhood thing, it's just, look, I could make every excuse in the book. Um, but if I do that, I'm going to waste the one life that I get, yep. you know, but at least I was a victim. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> that's just bull crap. Like that's just, <laughs> that's you know, the like, golden nugget right there. Well, it's all about perspective, man. Like you, you have perspective, like your perspective of what you've come from and never going back from that has really, really shaped who you are. So let's shift gears a little bit here because I think one of the biggest challenges and the reasons why people suffer in business and they fail is they're not able to generate new business, right? It's the number one question we get on this podcast from our listeners is how do I generate (laughs) leads scalable and predictable? And I'm just curious for you, obviously you're working, you're an entrepreneur yourself, you have businesses yourself, you're trying to generate leads for, but you're also coaching clients to Mm -hmm. to do this every single day. What are some of the things you're seeing? Where, Where would you point people to? Oh, good God. Well, I run a marketing company, so I better know how to generate business. You know? it's, um, so let me, let me take this from two different perspectives, right? Um, the number one rule uh, when it comes to, you know, lead creation and otherwise is what I said earlier. It's visibility trumps ability. You know, like what are you doing to be visible? You know, when you look at most people, whether they're agents, whether they're mortgage, whether they're in the financial, whether they're in whatever they are, most people believe in hope marketing you know, they just sit back and, you know, hope it happens, be good to people, you know, uh, you know, like that kind of a thing. And, and there's a certain amount of business that you'll do just by not being a moron, but, (laughs) but you know, the, the, the truth is you're going to live way under your potential. Right. So, so take, take me for example, right? Like when you look at the fact that, you know, I do these, these keynotes all over the world, um, I was going to stop doing that a couple years ago because I just didn't have any interest. Like most people get into speaking because their father didn't love them enough, you know? And it's like, love me, love me, show me attention. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm a closet introvert, you know? My favorite place in the world is the hotel room. It's just alone, you know? Like I don't need that. I don't need the attention. I don't, um, 
I like to be recognized for what I've done, but I hate attention. Yeah. It seems like such a, it seems like they don't go together, but they are right. Yep. And, and so, you know, the reason why I do the speeches and everything else, in addition to, you know, the ability to affect lives and everything, um, comes down to that visibility, Trump's ability. You know, I figured out early on that with my companies, I can pay thousands of dollars, go somewhere and be a vendor and hope that people will come to my booth after, or I can get paid tens of thousands of dollars to go speak. And now they're rushing to wherever we are, you know? Um, Yeah. It's like, Hmm, there's a little life hack, you know, business hack, which way should I go here? Right. Um, and so that had something to do with it. But when you, when you look at it, the majority of the people that are listening to us right now, I don't know if they watch this. I don't know if you guys put this up on YouTube as well. But um, regardless, the majority of those that are listening to my voice right now, look, if I'm being honest, you're never going to get paid a lot of money. You're never going to get thousands of dollars to go speak to a massive audience. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. But the principle still remains, right? The, the visibility still remains. Every single person at the sound of my voice right now, no matter what business you're in, is now a content creator. Okay. Now you may think, well, I didn't get into whatever business I'm in to be a content creator. That's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not comfortable doing that. I'm not good at that. I'm not, you know, whatever. Too bad. That's great. You know, (laughs) my brother's a mechanic, you know, fixes cars. And 25 years ago, he just needed to know how to go in there with a wrench and a plier. Like he didn't need to know how to fix a, a car with a computer. But if he wants to have a job tomorrow, he's got to know how to fix that car with a computer. Mm-hmm. And so you may have gotten into your industry, you know, just thinking, well, I'll solely just do whatever that was that I got into it. I'm not a content creator, but I'm telling you that in today's world, you're a content creator. You're the keynote speaker of your community, right? Your, your job Love is that. to educate your community on whatever they need. Your job is to be the verbal Google, you know, for whatever it is they want to know about, whatever the questions are that people ask you, whatever the, like, that's your job, Right. So the number one way that, that you, you know, that you need to stay visible is through content creation. Like that's, that's, that's numero uno. Okay. Mm. But there is something else I want to talk about. That's a little bit more for people from a practical standpoint. Um, look, when you look at places like Google and, and a lot of these places, um, they've cut out from a pure marketing one-on-one standpoint, they're cutting out a lot of the demographics that you're allowed to target by. Um, we live in a world, we now live in the generation where the participation trophy generation and the timeout generation finally grew up and, and now everything's offensive. Okay. (laughs) And you know, we, we live in a world right now where if you're, if you're marketing on Google and Facebook, you can't target women. If you're a women's magazine, like that is utterly like just stupidity. That's because it's because it's somehow, um, discrimination to target women with your women's magazine. Like that's the world we now live in. Okay. So the good news is we're all playing on the same same playing field though. Okay. So I've always said that if we're all playing on the same playing field and we're playing with the same rules, I'm going to win. Okay. And so the op, there's still opportunities from a marketing standpoint. Like for example, there was a time when Facebook, uh, Facebook leads or Facebook ads, there was a time they were killing it. And then there came a time when they were not working well at all anymore. Okay. We now live in a world where they introduce Facebook lead ads and they are crushing it again. Okay. Uh, I literally have had several meetings with the people at Facebook that run uh, the real estate part of Facebook um, as far as what they're planning to do moving forward and everything else. But they've made a ton of changes to how they're running their ads and their algorithm and everything else because they want to pull revenue from a lot of the other aggregates, the other third parties that are out there. 
my marketing department, my marketing company, uh, Jarja Media, is creating leads for people at 50 cents to a dollar ten a lead, mm. which is utterly absurd. Like that is when you talk about ROI. That's crazy. So I would tell everybody, yeah, it's insane. So I would tell everybody, look, I mean, I could do a full day session on lead creation as far as what you do, strategies, whether you're in real estate and you want listings or whether you're, you know, whatever it is. But just from a higher level, number one, just remember visibility trumps ability. Okay. So it's about how do I get in front of people before they make a decision to use somebody? And it's about the idea that we we live in a world now where you can't get in front of people when they're ready to buy and sell. You know, you have to get in front of people when they're ready to learn because that's the world they live in. They start looking and researching the product or the person or the whatever, you know, eight months before they ever purchase now. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the advent of this, the phone. Like that's what it gives us the ability to do. But in addition to that, content creation, getting in front of them, teaching them, having a library out there that educates them, just like I do on a regular basis. I don't talk about things that I don't do. You know, there's a reason why my YouTube channel has 5 million views and my podcast is a top 200 business podcast. And I'm super active on social and all these because I'm educating my consumers. I'm doing exactly what it is that I'm telling you to do. But in addition to that, as far as a more like marketing 101, what's working right now, man, Facebook lead ads are crushing right now. Like Facebook has made an actual determination behind the scenes that we need to take over this space. And my God, they're killing right now. Uh, so for a lot of you that jumped off because it wasn't working for a while and Get whatever, yeah. you're missing the boat right now because it's a gold mine. Yeah. Um, I mean, literally, my, I had a conversation with my marketing director today and he's like, we just need to get the word out because this is insane. He's like, we need to get as many customers in here as possible we can create leads for because he goes, we just created 90 something leads for this person at 40 cents a lead. Yeah, it's like, unbelievable. That is insane, you know? So what are you using in that? What are you using with those lead ads? Like what's the, what's the lead magnet? What's the form? What's the, like, what are people signing up for? Like, well, the, well the beauty about lead ads is there's no form. Like the, what, what well, lead I mean, ads did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so what I was, so I'll go over what kind of, what it is, but like, you know, the beauty of lead ads, the thing that Facebook fixed was think of it like Amazon one click shopping. We learned that when people are online, the more they have to click or the more they have to fill in or the more, the lesser the chance that they're going to move forward, right? So what Amazon did was they created one-click shopping. And Mm -hmm. it's like, got everything, just click. You're good. You're good. Before you change your mind, before you have (laughs) buyer's remorse, just click and let's get that shipped to you, right? (laughs) So from, from a Facebook perspective, they started figuring out the same thing and they were realizing that, okay, we're clicking on these ads. They're going to a third-party landing page. You, you know, many of them were two-step landing pages because you wanted to put as minimal amount of information as possible. Then you weren't getting enough lead information. And finally, someone at Facebook figured it out and went, hey, we've got all their information already. I mean, like, we know they have data. They know which Star Wars figure you're most like, you know? So they certainly know your email and phone number. And so with lead ads, what they started doing this, this new form of ad, when people would click on the ad that they were interested in, the, the, the pop-up would come up with their information already auto-populated and it'd be one click. Do you agree this is your info? Hit confirm. And now all of their information was auto-populated. They didn't have to do a thing and all they did was hit confirm. And now that took the cost per lead and the number of people that followed through, I mean, just through the roof Here's because the they made rockets. it easy. Yeah. yeah, they made it easy, you know? It's the question on every real estate agent's mind. How do I get leads? 
lead magnets entice prospects to give you their contact information in exchange for something they find compelling. Discover the best practices and strategies for creating a lead magnet with our free ebook, Lead Generation for Real Estate Agents. Successful internet marketers routinely use lead magnets to grow their email lists, and with this resource, now you can too. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash lead generation. Take action on this today. So it's all about what do I have that my consumer wants? Yeah. So for example, right now, while we're creating leads for, um, for our people, we've got a business plan training tomorrow, right? I'm doing it on my Facebook live at noon Eastern. It's, it's, you know, we're probably going to get a ton of people there, whatever, but like we will take our custom built business plan and our digital business plan that figures out people's numbers for them and all that kind of stuff. And we'll put it out as an ad, Hmm. get the free business plan. We'll give it to you. And they hit submit. I mean, they hit, they, they click on it, auto fills their information, they download it and we're just collecting leads, right? But like, let's just take an agent or something. The greatest thing they have is a listing, right? In order, in order to, in order to catch the mice, you got to have the cheese. In order to catch the shark, you got to have the chum. So if you want more buyers, you got to promote the listing, right? If you want more, like, it, it, you just got to think about what your consumer wants that you have, and then make it easily accessible to them, right? And so that that's all it is, man. Like create a report that, you know, the three things you need to know before blank or the, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, and, and then when it comes to those ads, it's about, look, don't just put one out and trust that ad. Like we're a big believer in, in putting out a bunch of them yeah. and going, okay, which ones work like meritocracy, which one works? And then you run them for a couple of weeks. All right, let's take all the money and put it towards that one. Cause yep. that's obviously the one that's, that's clicking right now. Right. And so if there's some hit and miss in it, you've got to be, you know, you've got to, it's why I actually am a big proponent with people to, to use an outside marketing place and don't try to do it yourself because you, you just, you don't have the time, you don't have the expertise, right. you don't have yep. all that stuff. But, um, it, it's just, it's just marketing 101. What do I have that they want? Yeah. How do I give a compelling reason they should so go good. for it? Make it easy. And you know, that's it. And then you gotta have a plan on the back end. We'll talk about that at some point. I'm tar- yep. I'm sure when we talk about conversion, but um, you know, well, creating a, leads without knowing how to convert is an absolute waste of time. Yeah, well, that's actually where I was going to ask you is that, you know, a little bit, you know, what I see today is almost getting leads is not the problem yeah. anymore for people. I think they're they're getting tons of, well, I shouldn't say this for everybody, but a lot of people are getting tons of leads, but they're wasting them. Like I read a stat one time that says 50% of leads are wasted. Like oh, it's 50, a lot more than that. It's, that, that's, crazy. it's a lot more than that. Well, I like, uh, I mean, I, I thought 50% was insane. <laughs> I was like, I think it was, what was it? Converse searcher or something like that. Some marketing statistic company. Well, all, all you need, all you need to know is that, is that, you know, 48% of people don't even get to a second contact when following up with a lead. That's freaking nuts. Like don't even get to a second contact. So, so even though we know 80% of all conversions are done on the fifth through 12th contact, right. you know, over half don't even get to the second contact. Yeah, it's That's crazy. insane. So, so in conversion, obviously they, they're not following up enough. What else are you seeing? Okay. So number one, if you're in any kind of a business and you're creating leads, uh, the, the idea of creating leads and not having a fully functioning CRM is just insanity. Uh, it, it's, it's, you're never going to get, like I said, 80% of all sales are made on the fifth through 12th contact. You, you think that you're remembering to get through the fifth through 12th contact? <laughs> No, we're always looking at the next thing, the next thing, the next, and then we forget about all of those people we were supposed to be following up with, right? Yep. So when you look at it, look, I mean, I literally put millions of dollars into building a CRM. That's how much I believe in it. 
And, and my belief is when it comes to follow up with leads, the goal is one of two fingers, right? You either follow up until you get a thumbs up that says, let's work together, or you follow up till you get another finger that means let's not work together. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Short of, <laughs> short of those two fingers, you know, stop saying no for other people. Yeah. It, it, it's really that simple. Like, because we have such a high ego, we have such a, we follow up once or twice. They don't immediately reply and go, oh my God, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And so we move on because mm-hmm. we don't want to bother them or we don't want to. So the first thing I would say is you have to have a fully functioning CRM because you follow up until you get one of two fingers. It's really that simple. Stop saying no for other people, okay? And the second thing I'd tell you that I think is so crucial that I, I probably don't talk about enough, I probably should talk about more, is that we need to understand love languages, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not talking about relationships. I'm not talking about, you know, gifts, acts of kindness, you know, words of affirmation, you know, touch. Like, I'm not talking about, you guys heard of love languages yeah, before? Yeah, five love languages. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, basically the idea is if my wife's love languages is gifts and I just keep coming in and giving her compliments and she's not getting happy, like, in her mind, she's going, would you just buy me something? You know, <laughs> like, that's what I need right now. Yeah. But, but what we need to understand is that leads, and by the way, there's people out there that are going to get upset. We're calling them leads. There's all these PC warriors. They're people. Duh. We all know they're people. Okay. They're called lead because they can lead to a transaction. Okay. So get over yourself and start calling them. Right. But, and for some of them, we just keep, you know, calling and emailing them over and over again, because that's what the form allowed for, for them to fill out for. Hmm. And the truth is, if you ever just took their email, put it in Google, found them on Instagram and sent them a DM on Instagram, a direct message, you'd get an immediate response. Okay. But you, I had a, I was doing an event last year and this girl comes up to me and she's like, Hey, can I do a picture? Can I? And I said, sure, sure. And so we were, we're going to do a picture. And then she goes, Hey, can I just ask you something? She's like, I was emailing you for like 18 months and I never heard from you. <laughs> she goes, she goes yesterday. Um, I sent you a DM on Instagram. I sent you a direct message on Instagram. And, uh, and she goes, and you responded in like 18 minutes. And she's like, what's, you know, and I said, yeah, that appears to be the case. Like that's, you know, <laughs> like, that that's my love language, right? If you send me a message on Instagram or one of those, I'm probably going to respond a lot quicker than if you hit some mass overload or you send, or you leave me a voicemail. God knows that's never going to get responded to, right? Mm. Like, like you have to know the person's love language. So part of lead conversion is right up front, trying all the different avenues. Okay. Mm. Put their email into Google. You can find them all over the place. You can also look, let's say you have their email and not their phone number. Well, if they use an iPhone or a Droid, which is basically everybody in the world, if you go to send them a text message, but you don't have their phone number, but instead you put in their email, if that email is associated with their Apple or Google account, it's going to come through to them as a text message. Okay. Wow. So now you've taken email with a 15 to 20% open rate because that's all you had for them. And that's all everybody else had too. But instead you put it into as a text and it comes through like a text and now it's got a hundred percent open rate, right? Yeah. That's it's crazy. That's you. awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's up to you to find out like how, you know, what's their love language. Yeah. And then once you do, don't ruin it with what you say. Don't <laughs> send someone a text message and send some book. Like that's not how text messaging works. All you need to send is, is this John? That's it. That's it. Because if you send a book, 
with, you know, what you're reaching out for and all the awards you've had the last 20 years and everything else, <laughs> you're like, I don't have time for this. I'll get to this later. And later never comes. But when you say, is this John? They're like, yeah, who's this? <laughs> now <laughs> they know that you know that they're there. Yep. And so now you're able to have a conversation, right? And so it's, it's not just understanding their love language. It's not just making sure you go until you get one of two fingers. It's also understanding the skill set of sales which is where so many people are missing it right now because, you know, they're just used to being, most people in sales, I'm good looking, I'm charismatic, I'm this, I'm, that's everyone in sales. Like at some point you got to work on the skill of sales. That's what wins. Mm. Everyone in the NBA and everybody who's not in the NBA, there are people who were McDonald's All-Americans right alongside LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and all these different people. And 90% of them never made it to the NBA, Okay. You know why? They're naturally talented, but they didn't work on the skill. That's what it's like in sales. You could be naturally, hey, he's a born salesman. He's, she's a born saleswoman. Like, whatever it is, that's awesome. If you don't work on the skill set, you don't know what to say, you don't understand tonality, you don't understand all of these different things, you're going to underperform, period. Mm. So, all of that, <laughs> but I just... Dude, I love that. It reminds me of, we interviewed Jared Glant, who's like Grant Cardone's head guy or whatever. And he talked about something very similar. He said, in sales, it's called professional salesperson. And yeah. everybody removes the word professional. Otherwise, like, you're an amateur. Yeah, you're exactly. Yeah, And so it's like, it's so true. It's like 10,000 hours to master something. I always right. tell, like according to Google or whatever, you know, 10,000 hours to master something. I tell my new that sales was, that was Mal That was Malcolm Gladwell with, they, uh, yeah, with his book. There you go. So I tell my sales people, I said, if you just practice 30 minutes a day every day, you're only at a, like a couple hundred hours, if that. That's crazy. If that, it's going to take you years to yeah. become good at just this sale. <laughs> yeah, this one sale. <laughs> just yeah. this sale. So people just don't and understand more, that. More importantly, by the way, like, like just look at, look, at the, look at the industry overall. Just look at sales, look at whatever. Like all those, all those minutes, all those hours you're putting in is such an advantage over your competition because yes. they're not doing it. You know, like I run, I run like one of my companies is a coaching and training company. Like we do this with, you know, some of the largest brands in the world. And it's amazing how many people don't practice at all. Like they just wing it. And, and so look again, back to like the professional sports analogy, you know, I was watching football last weekend and these are professional football players. Like these are, they've been doing it since they were little kids. And yet all throughout the week, they were snapping the ball over and over again. Yep. They were blocking over and over again. They were kicking over. They were catching, not because they didn't know how, but because they're pros, yep. okay? And that's the difference. Like, pros practice. Amateurs don't. And so you can't act like an amateur on a regular basis and then complain that you're not getting paid like a pro. If you're not acting like Ooh. a pro, you don't deserve to get paid like a pro. It's, it's really that simple. <laughs> Preach, man. man. All right, so this is a perfect transition into our question of, we always like asking people, mm -hmm when they come on the show, what are the routines that you've implemented in your life or that you look in, you go, these are the things that have really driven success for me. As you look at your life, do you have routines that you've implemented? Man, that is, that is a long, that's a long line, but let me, let me just keep it really simple for, for right now. Okay. Um, I think that most people that are listening or watching right now, they, they want to know how to be more successful. They want to know how to get more done. They want to know how to be more efficient. They want to know how to, you know, whatever. You know, one of the greatest piece of advice that I can give to people um, that I personally follow is that, you know, you don't get more done by learning to juggle more. You get more done by building capacity, okay? 
And, and let me explain what I mean by that. Um, I'm going to take this to two places. So, you know, there's the old analogy, which is kind of a corny analogy, but it's so true. You know, w- when you pull an arrow back on, on a bow and arrow, right? Um, how far back you pull that arrow is how far it's going to go, right? It's the capacity you create based on how far back you pull the arrow, right? Mm-hmm. And, and most people would focus on the arrow in the air and go, how far is it going to go? But what they don't realize is that it was predetermined by what happened before the arrow ever left the bow, okay? Mm-hmm. It's the capacity that's created. And so it's the same thing that's true in our lives. You know, when you talk about patterns and everything else, I think most people would watch me all day long and they'd be like, man, he just must be on crack. Like he must be on speed. <laughs> he must, you know, whatever. Like he's doing all these different things and he's flying all over. And he's like, how, how does he not, you know, collapse? And they're focused on the wrong side of the equation. I'm able to get more done, not because I'm able to do more than everybody else, but because I create the capacity to do so before you ever see me. Meaning, you know, we, I, I do this thing. I've got it on right now. Uh, hashtag did you sweat today? Right. And, um, it's a thing I do every single day. Uh, I do something to sweat every day. I do some kind of exercise. I run on the off days and then every other day I, I go to the gym. Right. And you know, everybody, you know, I think a lot of people think I do that because I want to, you know, someday audition for Baywatch or something. And that's just not the case. Um, I'm building capacity when I'm taking care of myself like that. I'm building capacity. When I'm eating right, I'm building capacity. When I'm working on my relationships with the people closest to me, I'm building capacity. Mm. When I'm working on my, my spiritual mind, like, like I'm building capacity. And so there's two ways that you really do that. So one way you get a lot more done is you, you build capacity in that way. And that's your patterns, what you do every day, like well, the stuff you eat, like all that stuff matters, right? You've got this vessel. You have to, if you want to get more done, you don't do it by gaining more arms. You do it by building capacity to be able to. It's what you do with the bow before it, the arrow before it ever leaves the bow, right? And then the second thing I'd tell you is, uh, I talked about this last year, but I so mean it. You know, the, the idea that we all get the same 24 hours in a day is an absolute lie. It's not true. Um, we get the number of hours uh, that we build according to the infrastructure that we implement, okay? So, you know, they always say like, oh, Elon Musk, he's got the same 24 hours as you. And they try to make you feel like a piece of crap because you're not building multiple multi-billion dollar companies. <laughs> and that's just, that's nonsense. No, we don't have the same 24 hours. Okay. If I've got 50 people that work for me, meaning infrastructure, that means I have 1200 hours to your 24. Okay. Mm. That's infrastructure. That's crazy. So we don't all have the same 24 hours. We have the number of hours we create according to the infrastructure that we implement. Wow. And so that's what I would tell people. You've got to create capacity in yourself personally, but then you also have to create capacity according to what you do with your infrastructure because we don't all have the same number of hours. We have the number of hours according to the infrastructure we implement. That is so And good. so those are two things that I think that I've done really well in my life and, and I'm still doing right now is kind of getting out of my, I wrote a book called Get Out of Your Way, but kind of getting out of my own way, not being a control freak, thinking I have to do everything. I have to you know, whatever, I'll never reach my capacity by doing that. I'll never reach my potential by doing that. Mm. Mm. Awesome. So good. So good. Jared, man, thank you so much for being here. Love having this conversation. How long was that? My God. (laughs) Dude, you were, you were on fire. Jared came to us like right after the gym. He sits down, throws his sweat show. He's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. There's so many golden nuggets in that, man. That was awesome. Now we really appreciate you coming on before we uh, shut down here. um, Let people know how they can contact you, get hold of you. Cool, man. Easiest way to contact me. I keep it simple. Uh, just go to connectwithjared.com. Um, I've never been a big fan of on Facebook on this, on Instagram on this, my, my YouTube is this, my podcast is this. My, 
I, I do what's called a, a digital business card. If you just go to connect with Jared, J-A-R-E-D, connectwithjared.com, everything's there. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, uh, TikTok. Yeah, I'm going to have to steal that idea. My podcast. I'm my getting, web, it's all I'm getting tired place. of throwing all these handles out here and URLs. I'm going to steal Yeah, that man, that's why, that's why we do it, man. Make it simple for people to connect with you. So go check that out. Anybody who's listening to this, feel free to follow and send me a message. Say hello. Um, it's all there for you. Yeah, thanks awesome. so much again. Thank you for listening to dive deeper into this episode and get those links that we mentioned here. Go to staypaidpodcast.com. We'll have the video of this episode here as well. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, we really appreciate it. Best way is to head on over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a comment. Today's featured review comes from Hinky Lover, 1993. I don't know. Who. I love these names on Hinky Apple Lover, Podcast. 1993 on Apple Podcast. has got to listen. Digestible, practical, specific and fun content to grow your business. Started listening to this before I even got into the sales industry. And there are nuggets upon nuggets to take away. So thank you so much. And the best way to help out is to tell a friend about the show. And if you want to get a hold of me or Luke, you can find us on Instagram. We're at Stay Paid Podcast for this episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, and I'm Luke Acre. So many golden nuggets here. But I think the one that is so powerful and so simple for you to execute on is you follow up till you get one of the two fingers. You either get the thumbs up that they're going to work with you or the other finger that we know what that means. But I think that is something that you can apply to your business tomorrow. And it's not something you need a big system to create or anything like that. You can continue to follow up with people till you get one of those two fingers. Remember this difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single industry that we've worked in is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 